And welcome back to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It's Tuesday, November 15th, episode 98 of 30 Woo! Rack of Sports. Oh. We've somehow put together, well, this may never see the light of day. We'll see. We'll see if our egos get the best of us. <laughs> but uh, so far, 97 episodes of, of putting some uh, putting some sports takes, putting some beer takes out with you guys. It turned from... Uh, a long form two hour podcast. No, it was like three hours. To, to what it is way, now. When we first started there, doing this. I, re- well, I remember. Hour. I think it was like episode eight or nine. I was in Vegas. This was like 2019. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And there you was guys, a third you guys location that we did this. Did one podcast. I believe <laughs> yeah. it was at your place. And at Redmond Studios. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I remember trying. I remember listening to it and getting about half an hour in and not even really understanding where you guys were or where you guys were going. Not that you can really, in the present form of we, thirty rack. We, we we hung out for a bit beforehand. We catch definitely my drink. hung out beforehand, uh, and that was, I think, still still is the longest one that uh, we've that ever was, done. Because I think we were talking Indians and Reds too. So we just kind of no yeah. one was there. That, to that track one was us. three hours. That one was. Three I try hours. to keep us, you know, in the hour range. Lately, we've had, you know, it, it's a it's peak season right now. It is oh yeah, we got a lot to we talk about, and we have a lot to talk about. During this show, guys, I mean, we're getting close to episode 100. We're going to have something special planned. We'll figure it out. Woo-woo. Poor planning. Planning isn't exactly our strong suit, but we'll, hey. we're going to figure out something special. Um, the one thing is, though, none of us will be too sour when it comes to episode 100, but our beer will be. We have a special beer. No more IPAs? Uh, not an IPA, <laughs> at least for now. Um, we are going to talk some... Uh, Hopefully not two sour scenarios. Uh, talking some college football, uh, not just the playoffs, but also the New Year's Six. And then uh, who Ohio State or Michigan might be playing in the Big Ten Championship, the uh, putrid, uh, disgusting group that is the Big Ten West. It's bad. And then also, Ooh, guys, get your lays. Get your uh, pineapple on your pizza. We're going to Hawaii. My Lay's. Uh, yeah. The little, like the like, potato chips? Yes, like <laughs> the potato chips. Uh, we're talking a little bit of the Maui Invitational. Both the Bearcats and the Buckeyes going out to Maui could face each other uh, on day two. So we're going to get you prepped for uh, the eight teams going down to Maui. First round matchups for both the Bearcats and the Buckeyes. And hopefully some uh, some promising results by both teams. Uh, quick, quickly, Greg, I just want to sneak in uh, some breaking news. Speaking of promising results, uh, Tito, Terry Francona, third time in his Hall of Fame career that he has been named the American League Manager of the Year for uh, wonderful. So executive of the year and uh, manager, manager of the year. Should of the add year. rookie of the year, but that's a whole yeah. different story. Uh, so that's a great place. To my right, as we get into our introductions, the man who's super happy that Tito is on his sideline, but Mike McCarthy <laughs> is on the other sideline. Yeah. It's Zach. Man. Hello Zach. from the other side. <laughs> Hello from the other side. The pack are back, maybe. <sighs> we'll, or at we'll least find out Thursday. <laughs> we'll see. I'm willing to be a little. Do they play Thursday? Tennessee? Yeah. So, you know. So, Titans pack Possibly Thursday. Game. Maybe a chance to be back or a chance to be depressed again. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, myself, a guy who... Probably could have run for five yards per carry uh, in Miami <laughs> on Sunday. Just an absolute brutal game for the Browns. Uh, typical Browns, get your hopes up a little bit and then crush them into small pieces because you don't deserve to be happy. 
You were ground. Deshaun time's coming though, right? Hey, yeah. back into practice on Monday. We're back. <laughs> we may be like, what, a three and eight by the time he comes back, but might still be in back. the hunt, maybe. <laughs> uh, and then to my left on the ones and twos, uh, a guy who knows safety first, especially when watching Ben Bryant in the pocket taking an eight-yard sack for what his second or third safety of the year. Uh, Josh, Josh, how about that Bearcats game on Friday? Didn't get the no Bengals this weekend. All your focus Friday night, nip at night. Um, should not have been that difficult against uh, it was a relaxing East Carolina. Weekend, what, I'll it was tell that, you that they were in a tough little five nothing hole. You know your typical five nothing <laughs> hole. Uh, scored, rattled off twenty one straight, and then ended up getting into a slugfest that turned into a twenty seven twenty five win. Yeah, it was a. Uh... I find it very hard to defend Ben Bryan at this point. I still come back to, you know, this is your fifth year playing and you really should have some of some of these mis- the, it's not it's not that there are mistakes being made, it's the the type of mistakes that are being made when they're being made. Yep. For a guy with that much experience is frustrating. I was glad to be at Nippert Stadium for the first time this this fall. Been a very busy fall schedule for me, so I haven't been able to make it out as much as I usually do. It's just nice to be out there. Yeah, was it rocking? It, it was rocking, man. Oh. Nip at night. It's always rocking. Oh, yeah. Nip at night. Awesome. Yeah, Ben Bryant. Um, tough to say. Since, you know, that concussion against uh, USF has, has not been great coming back. Under 60% in three of those four games. Uh, his only over 60% game was the 20-10 to 10 win against Navy. Uh, no game over 300 passing yards in those four games. So, and that's just, you know, like Tough everyone says for... he's a passer. Oh, I'm sorry. We will, we'll save it for another episode <laughs> or we'll save it when we talk a little bit of new year's six coming up. So Bearcats, uh, have temple this weekend. Hopefully should be able to get through them without any issue. Uh, them and Kurt Warner's kid, but then a huge game against Tulane, uh, Probably will be a uh, chance to punch a ticket to Orlando for the AAC championship against the Knights. Everyone's favorite, the Knights, the bounce house. Thank you, UCF. But guys, before we get there, if we're going to be talking UCF, if we're going to be talking the Big Ten West, Ooh. if we're going to be talking Maui, I'm going to need a beer. It is Platform Beer Company's Deliciously Magical, which definitely doesn't sound like any kind of tagline from any sort of cereal. (laughs) It is their cereal-inspired sour ale brewed with natural flavors. So it it pours a nice uh, red color. Uh, Josh has decided it's a cereal-inspired ale. So I'm going to uh, should throw some marshmallows in there, bro. Eat it out of. Uh, I know. I wish I had some. Uh, should have got some Lucky Charms. Are we allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah, we're we're allowed to. You say mean that. some? You you mean some Charms Luckies? You mean some? some I think we're allowed luckies. to say some uh, some, <laughs> some deliciously mallow, magical. Nobody's some mallow listening. oats. The uh, <laughs> the like gluten free version. Some mallow oats. Some mallow. Uh, it is. Uh, it, <laughs> I I think it's good for uh, if you wanted to. Uh, have it in in the bowl, your cereal bowl in the morning. Uh, I know Zach sometimes rates our our morning on our morning beer, his morning beer skill. <laughs> this one is I'd have this for breakfast, maybe not with cereal though, especially with Lucky Charms. I feel like it'd be yeah too much going on. It's, it's tart. I like know? it though. Yeah, I love it. I'm a big sour guy too. 
Yeah, I don't know if I get too much of the cereal. I don't really get the Lucky Charms thing at all, or the cereal aspect. I agree. I mean, it's a great sour. It tastes really good. Nice tart flavor to it. Yeah, it's got um, almost that like raspberry or raspberry, like, yeah, raspberry or kind of sour to it. But um, good color. But yeah, I don't so much get the. Yeah, you certainly get the fruity sour. You get that nice red color. Um, some pretty good foam on top, but I mean. Uh, kind of that that hazy color to it. I mean, it's one of those it's one of those sours that almost looks like a like a hazy juice, and it yeah. tastes like a. I mean, it tastes exactly like a sour should. Uh, pretty heavy on the shout on the sour. Uh, it is five point five ABV, eight IBU, so obviously not a lot of hops. It is fourteen point five degrees Plato. Plato, Plato. What does that mean, Zach? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> he just went. I mean, I've heard of that. I, yeah, I don't. So it is the uh, the Plato gravity scale, which is the measurement of concentration of dissolved solids in a brewery wort. There we go. So basically, when you get the sugars, the malt, and the uh, the wort, which is kind of what you start your beer with, you fill it up with the water. A lot of times at this point, if there's something special that people want to do, like a like a chocolatey beer or peanut butter beer or a cereal beer, you normally add all of that into the warding process or the wart in the beginning process of the beer making. So this is 14.5 degrees Plato, which so I don't know if that means – I'm guessing that's higher on the concentration <laughs> of solids because there's probably some cereal added to it. I was gonna say, so so you're saying you're telling us that there is cereal in this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A, ah. seri- a serious amount of cereal. <laughs> but no marshmallow. I d I don't I don't think there's marshmallow in it. Do they even have flavored lucky charms? Uh I believe all the marshmallows taste the same. I yeah, mean there might be some marshmallow in there, but Are you guys I'm I'm not a cereal <laughs> person. This is as far as I'll go putting my beer in a bowl in the morning. But are you guys like actual cereal guys for the morning or um I like cereal. I don't. We don't. We don't really tend to buy it though. Um, no. I, so I went guy. through. Uh, uh-uh. I mean, I was a big cereal guy as a kid, but I went through a phase uh, working from home during 2020, uh, where you know not a whole lot was going on. So I decided to uh, try to spice up my morning by buying all the very weird cereals that I could find. So like, it started off as like fruity pebbles with the marshmallows in it, and yeah. then it turned into like. Jolly Rancher and like Little Debbie cereal. I'll tell you what I am a big fan of. That's why we don't buy it because I'll eat the whole box in one night. Is I'm a big Reese's guy, so I love the Reese's Puff cereal. Oh yeah, delicious! I could could kill a whole box of that in one night. Uh, The last one that I had that 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 I just crushed uh, because part of it was made for some of those like Rice Krispie treat kind of things. Uh, Fruity Pebbles. Oh, fruity pebbles. Love Solid. fruity cocoa pebbles, fruity cocoa pebbles. pebbles. Yeah, most chocolatey cereals I'm I'm into. So, you know, but I there are very few cereals that I really don't like. Not a, not a huge Captain Crunch guy. That kind of ooh, Captain Crunch, the original, cuts up, the original. It cuts, cuts your up, mouth yeah. out for sure. Yeah, but interesting. Interesting. Do you really not eat? No, that I'm much not. Cereal? I'm not really a big cereal guy. Like I like the Reese Puffs, but then yeah, like others like cut your teeth up, and others just like are kind of gross. I think kind of gross. Like yeah. What name one? 
Um, What's gross? The Cheerios, dude. just plain old Cheerios. What? Just, no, you throw a little they're, sugar they're so in stale. there and you mix it up. What are you stale? <laughs> Where are you buying your food? <laughs> I'd eat some. I, I tried to go healthy for a while. I did the frosted mini wheats for a little while. I like frosted mini wheats. Those aren't bad. Those, are okay. those aren't yeah. bad. Those are okay. I mean, you're, you're not, not grossed go... out by frosted. A lot of people are grossed out by frosted. Mini-wheat. You're not grossed no. out by that, but you're grossed out by Cheerios. <laughs> I'm just naming. I'm just naming <laughs> one. Uh, you know what? We'll go to the cereal aisle later. I'm not a huge. Right, I'm right, not well, a huge uh, raisin bran guy. No, no, and raisin bread is gross. I, I have I have nightmares about Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes isn't bad. Because when I was a kid, I, I loved Frosted Flakes. And my mom used to buy one of those like shredded wheat cereals that was like the complete op. So you think you're pouring yourself a big bowl of Frosted Flakes. Yeah, and then it's Product 19. You know, <laughs> Ooh, special K. Product oh, 19. My God. Product 19. <laughs> what is Disgusting. This, uh, sci-fi movie? We'll do like a serial ranking show oh, yeah, we, uh, on our I, alternate podcast. We'll do it on our uh, this month in serial. Yeah, <laughs> that would actually be great. I mean, we could try a whole like. I remember during those two months, and even that, you know. Greg and I, Greg and I are leaving the crazy. podcast to do a serial podcast. I mean, we think there's it'd a be great. Would love every bit of it. I mean, they brought back French Toast Crunch for a little bit, like oh, yeah, French like Toast Crunch. Mm. But uh, back to this platform beer, uh, deliciously magical. <laughs> it is deliciously magical. It's I didn't delicious. think I was going to like it, to be honest with you, for one of the reasons we just talked about. And I just tend to not it's always great. like sours. It's really, really good. It's like everything platform does, which is to the T, it's delicious, good flavor. No yeah, complaints. It, it, I was going to say it does kind of, because it's got that little bit of lactose in it. It does remind me of like their Martian Mm. Uh, which is like I think it's like a pink lemonade sour. So I know they have three or four different kinds of it, but the mm-hmm. one that I believe we had on this podcast has it. So you get a little bit of the lactose to it. I do think you get now that I've tried it a little bit more, a slight bit of like the malt from the cereal. But yeah. once again, it's if you like a beer that's got that nice fruity tartness to it, this is definitely the beer for you. So we're gonna be drinking on this. Uh, we're either gonna be puckering our face from uh, drinking the beer or from the shenanigans that the uh, college football world is putting us through or whatever the hell Josh is doing. So, so Josh doesn't have to drink out of a bowl anymore. Let's, let's, let's move on to some college football, fellas. All right, guys, to the football as we are recording. Well, at least Roughly around the time we were recording. I believe it's at the halftime of the uh, Champions Classic, as we'll get to a little college basketball later. Uh, they'll reveal the college football playoff rankings uh, as Josh struggles with his mic stand. Once again, we got new mic stands. Josh still struggling. Uh, but likely what we're looking at for the college football rankings with just uh, two weeks plus championship Saturday left, uh, you're probably looking at Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, uh, TCU 4. Uh, definitely those four teams. If the if the order is slightly changed, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. But probably those four. Uh, you would assume to see uh, Tennessee, LSU, USC just slightly out. And then Clemson, USC, Bama. But who really cares? Uh, as far as... This college football playoff goes. Obviously, some interesting spots here. You got, you know, two teams that are playing each other in a week. Generally how it works. Uh, Ohio (laughs) State-Michigan. 
you've got a two loss team that's already punched their ticket to the to the uh, SEC championship. You've got Tennessee, who basically has two scrub SEC games and yep. then no um, SEC championship. So, guys, who do you think is still alive right now? I mean, obviously, your four undefeated teams, probably Tennessee. Ella, I would say USC is probably still alive just off the one loss, but they need some SC, breaks. LSU is. If, LSU, if they win out. If they win out, has to be at least very much in the conversation. Um, Oregon, maybe? Well, Oregon has two losses. No, though. Oregon's done after this week. Uh, That's true, yeah. The two ACC teams meeting in the championship have, have one loss. UNC and Clemson, I would say a lot has to break their way and someone has to win convincingly. I don't think there's a shot in hell UNC gets in. Yeah, and then I would say Bama's probably out too, just because they won't get Bama's that, they won't get that SEC out. championship. Bama's definitely out. Yeah. So right now we're looking at probably seven-ish teams still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you could say eight in Clemson, but even that's kind of a long shot. Well, I don't see. You brought up LSU. And you don't they, think they get in if they no, win the I, SEC I'm, I'm just oh, sorry. seeing I've seen Scenario two kind time. of main scenarios here regarding, you know, last team in and everything, or whatever you want to call it. And you brought up LSU if they went out. Well, yeah, what you also have Clemson. What if Clemson wins out? Has the eight Are you ACC gonna hot take championship? It? I'm not. I'm just. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to work myself there. To be honest with you, I'm trying to <laughs> trying develop to convince one. Himself. But but my problem is is that so then by that logic, LSU and Clemson are both in, and I don't know how I feel about that. And then well, whoever that, wins the SEC is uh, Georgia. Well, so, yeah. Still yeah. So then so then yeah. So well then Georgia would be a one loss team, and then you'd have to look at probably either a one loss Michigan or Ohio State because. They'd be considered. You know, yeah. one of those teams would be either Michigan would have, you know, especially if it's a close game, Michigan would have a road loss in Columbus. Right. Or Ohio State would have a loss. And then, hey, maybe whoever wins that game, if they lose the Big Ten championship to, uh, we'll get to it in a little bit, but <laughs> is looking to not be a great team. Does that disqualify them? Uh, yeah. You should automatically be disqualified. Yeah, yeah. That happens, <laughs> yeah. But that's my thing is that so many people are like, such and such is an elimination game and conference championships matter. Like, but I guess what trips me up about the Clemson LSU scenario, if they both make it in is, but do they, though? I'm just saying in this scenario, if that yeah. does happen, but, but, you, you, would but, have, but you remember the, the cha- the conference championship is like a tiebreaker. So the committee that Clemson could win the ACC, but they could still very easily say we don't think Clemson's better than sure. Yeah, one sure, Tennessee sure. And, and or you've seen it in the past. I think yeah. Alabama got in one year without even playing in the SEC championship. Ohio uh, State did as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and some of you know, and they weren't ranked fourth a lot of the time, so right. they jumped over teams that that didn't have it or did have it. And you know, the question is going to be if an LSU team wins. Do they deserve to get in over? I mean, TCU. I, I I think we're all in agreement. If they lose once, they're out because yep. they're kind of in. Do they deserve to get in over a Tennessee team whose only losses at Georgia? Would they deserve? Well, to Tennessee get in? also beat, beat LSU. Whoop, at whoop, LSU. Whoop them. Do they yep. deserve to get in over 
you know, if it's, uh, I mean, if, and, you know, in, in many of the past years, you know, Ohio State, Michigan has had some decent games over mm-hmm. the past so many years. If it's a close game, do does LSU with two losses, you know, deserve to get in over maybe a Michigan team that loses in Columbus by, you know, a field goal or something? I think they will because and Michigan, their resume is going to be yeah, better. Mi- we Michigan two has losses. that tough resume. A terrible resume. If Ohio State loses, you could put it on the home loss, but still LSU lost at home too. Right. So. I mean, I think it would be difficult. I think they would. LSU, they're very likely. I depends on how likely you think they'd be Georgia, granted, but the way they played last week, I don't know about that. Um, right. But that would be your only shot. And I could I could seriously see them. Yes. I, I wouldn't even have a problem with it, to be honest with you, as much as I hate the SEC. If a two-loss LSU wins the SEC, well, you know, you're pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. Well, I just could. I'm, I'm curious, like the way seating would shake out. Like, how much are they gonna val- value or devalue uh, repeats of a championship game? Like, yeah. if you just have, if if you know LSU does yeah. win and they, it, and well, then, and they just turn two, around and three? you have LSU yeah. Georgia two three. Or what if everyone else collapses and you have, you know, Ohio State Michigan, and then I guess it would be a two weeks later. Yeah, and, but and right. The, the other question is, heck, if it goes chalk you know would you put tennessee in over tcu that way you don't have that georgia tennessee first round game or something like that so there's just so many situations like that where i can see it going chalk and you that really leaves it up to what bullet point in that graphic that they always show us is the committee going to really value this year what scenarios i don't really have a feel for the committee this year i think they've kind of been i'll say all over the place i think you know they've Georgia's obviously number one. I think generally top four has been pretty easy. But after that, I mean... Yeah, there's they, been some weird stuff. They, I mean, yeah. they they really hyped up an LSU team. They've kind of... Not fully wrong on that. I was yeah. shocked, but still putting yeah. only up to but 10. But the, the Pac-12, they've weirdly kind of scheduled... You know, Oregon had a tough loss, but, you know, obviously Georgia but was up there. Mm-hmm. You know, USC and UCLA are kind of in weird spots, and it, exactly. at least before last week. Uh, but guys, before we move on uh, to something a little bit more fun in the Big Ten West, uh, just, I mean, we'll probably do this every week, but just gut feeling uh, selection show in just, uh, what, I guess it would be two weeks from Sunday. Uh, who are the top four seeds that, that you're hearing, Josh? Going Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and Tennessee. Uh, what about you, Zach? Samesies, <laughs> same uh, right now. I don't know. The I I I'm, I don't think it, I would like to pick USC. Maybe think about. I, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think they have enough. Yeah, my no. my thought is I have the same thing as you, except I have Tennessee three, TCU four. Okay. And the only yeah. reason why I would I could say see that, that is yeah. to not have that SEC rematch and be like, right. oh, let's see if Tennessee can get it done yeah. against mm-hmm. Ohio State. I would actually put. I I think. USC right now, if once again it depends on how the game goes, I would yep. actually have USC at six and maybe a Michigan in a close game at five. That way, if TCU falters, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's where the big conversation is going to be: is Michigan versus a USC team. Unless USC yeah. loses, which they definitely could, having to play UCLA and potentially Oregon. Yeah, oh, yeah. Year, who, so. who who you got then in the year four? So I have. Uh, uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, TCU. Okay. So I would have 
Georgia, TCU, and then Ohio yeah, State, right, Tennessee, right. instead of the SEC rematch in the in the because that seems yeah. to be what they try to do is yeah make it so the SEC teams have to play someone else. I'm also uh, banking on Pac-12 championship game shenanigans per the usual. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of a conference that's going to have some shenanigans, the Big Ten. Obviously, the East is looking increasingly. I mean, Illinois. Well. Though they've been on a little bit of a skid, but the, Illinois still playing Michigan. Ohio State gets Maryland, who they've had some weird games against. Yeah, but I would say the likely scenario is probably an eleven and zero Ohio State, an eleven and zero Michigan in Columbus. But then on the other side, you have uh, four teams that are four and three. Uh, <laughs> A Wisconsin team at three and four. Only two teams currently eliminated from the Big Ten West. Uh, That's a Nebraska team that fired their coach like halfway through the season. And a Northwestern. uh, Yeah, what, four games? And then a Northwestern team who I do not believe has won stateside this year. Nope. So uh, one and one and nine right now. (laughs) They should play more in Ireland. Undefeated in Dublin. They should play a lot more in Ireland. Um. So right now you have Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota at four and three, Wisconsin at three and four. Uh, right now the team in the driver's seat as far as tiebreakers uh, and according to making. Bleacher Report, the, the highest chance, especially considering their, their final opponents. Uh, Purdue is about a 50% chance to win. Uh, their last two games are the two bottom feeders of the Big Ten. They have Northwestern and Indiana, what both one and six in conference. Uh, <laughs> Iowa's about 27%. They have Minnesota and Nebraska. Uh, Illinois has Michigan and Northwestern. They're at 13%. Uh, Minnesota's at about uh, just under 10%. Wisconsin has a 0.3% chance. So they need everything you're to break right. Minnesota! You're going Minnesota? But, no, uh, you're going to row the boat? Taking, no. taking a look at the West, uh, what team gets to... Uh, will it be a new team? Because I believe, you know, uh, Iowa's been to the Big Ten Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin's been there. Northwestern and Nebraska, Nebraska way back when. Way back in the day. Purdue... Uh, Illinois and Minnesota, none of those three have been there. Do you think there's some new blood, at least out of the Big Ten West? No, Josh. You think uh, you think Iowa's getting in? Well, he just asked. Do you think it's no. going to be one of the other three uh, that have never been there? Wisconsin. You think? Oh, you oh, think was, Wisconsin? You think Wisconsin's going to get in with a point zero three percent chance? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's. I mean, <laughs> dude, look at, this, work? look at this division. I they, know they went I'm, out. I'm aware of how atrocious it is. An embarrassment. Yeah, but have you watched Wisconsin play football? I mean, they just uh, lost to <laughs> Iowa, twenty four to ten. I they lost to Michigan State. I tend to flip on a uh, a Big Ten game, uh, one of those lower Big Ten months. afternoon games when I'm dozing yeah. off. Because usually there's some sights in there that'll wake you up and be like, oh, <laughs> no. oh, what are you? What are they doing? <laughs> No, I just, I, you know, Wisconsin's the one in the past that usually handles business towards the end of the season. I don't think Iowa has the offense to do anything. Purdue, being realistic here, I think Purdue does have the most realistic shot. They got a cakewalk. There's ever a red yeah, carpet rolled I, out it, to Indianapolis. Illinois, as soon as Illinois got ranked, I was like, that's, there goes their oh, season. Oh, yeah, that, that's going to go season down. There goes their season on a two-game losing streak. But, yeah, 
right. Yeah, I think uh, Northwestern kind of used up all of their uh, their attempted muscle. Uh, they kept it, you know, within ten against Penn State and within you know two scores against Ohio State. Uh, then they they turned around and lost uh, at Minnesota, thirty-one to three. Um, I'm expecting probably something similar against Purdue, and then the Purdue Indiana game. I'm I'm guessing will be closer, just you know, rivalry game. It's what you huh. expect. But Indiana is that 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 Indiana team I saw bad team. Uh, last weekend uh, yeah, looked wildly uninspired. Like they didn't even want to be there. So I'm um, I'm gonna say uh, Purdue. Once again, mostly yeah. because of the schedule. You know, once again, they they started off three and zero. They since that Cincinnati game, they have lost every game. Uh, they need to. They haven't. I mean, the last couple games they got blown out by Penn State and Ohio State. I think they just want to go home at this point. <laughs> I'm gonna say Purdue gets it done. I don't think they're gonna do much. Uh, they're so in conference. You look at all the teams in the Big Ten. Uh, sorry, in the Big Ten West, uh, Purdue actually has a minus point differential. <laughs> um, they're actually the only one of the four and three teams that has a minus point differential. Illinois, Iowa, uh, Minnesota, all plus Illinois, uh, because of in part a twenty-four to three loss to Iowa. Mm. So most of their wins coming close, but uh, able to get kind of a cakewalk through. Zach, do you think uh, Purdue? Because I'm guessing you you're gonna say your Buckeyes. You think your Buckeyes are gonna take on some boiler? A little bit of home cooking though. First time yeah. an Indiana team would get it. That would be yeah. And, you know, Purdue always uh, things are always weird against Ohio State. So that'd be a little bit uh, unnerving. But yeah, I mean, Purdue they got the tiebreaker. I, it, you can't ask for an easier schedule. No offense, whole coaching staff gone. If at this point you don't just get the need right, like. Can't set it up any better for you. Yep. I mean, overall, it's a, it's an embarrassment and atrocious conference I, side of the conference. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, are they going to just going to throw U, USC and UCLA in there? But then you got I don't know. Yeah, it's and, embarrassing. And now uh, the Pac-12 because of I, I don't know. I mean, I guess because of teams leaving, but they're just doing the best two records in conference, not the the North and the yeah. South like they have been. Right now, it's looking like USC and Oregon. Um, going from the CFP to the New York six, which is still a, you know, big thing. Uh, no G five teams are looking to, uh, bust into college football playoff. Uh, all of them have at least one loss, but right now, um, you know, one of the teams outside of the AAC that looked to be able to bust the party was Liberty. They lost to, uh, UConn, the Huskies. <laughs> The Huskies, Who I believe man. Are, might be bowl eligible. Ugh. So shout out to the Huskies. Uh, so really, you're looking at, you know, as far as teams with one or two losses, Coastal Carolina still is nine and one. Yep. They're probably the only team on the outside that could have a chance. I don't see Troy or South Alabama being able to get in there. And then you have your teams in the AAC, three teams at five and one. You have UCF, Cincinnati, Tulane. UCF finishes uh, against um, a Navy team that has been a little bit up, but mostly down this year, and then a horrendous USF team. Uh, Cincinnati and Tulane uh, have a, a one game. 
Cincinnati against a Temple team that's also not great. Tulane against a tough SMU team, but you expect them to win. So it'd probably be a Cincinnati-Tulane game that would really be the tiebreaker to see who gets to go to UCF for that final game and get into the New Year's Six playoff. Once again, unless something crazy happens, a three-loss team maybe gets in and Coastal Carolina has a chance to jump one of them. But Josh, looking at these three teams, probably a conference championship in the bounce house in Central Florida. Thank you, Central Florida. Uh, Who do you see playing in a New Year's Six Bowl? Do you see UC being there? Do you see them being in the Fenway or the Birmingham Bowl? Well, I want to... uh... Well, I saw one projection when had them in the Bearcats in the Fenway Bowl. I, that's that's something yeah. I would pay. Top. Yeah, Fenway, Fenway yeah. or Birmingham cool. Ticket Smart oh, okay. were the two yeah. that I saw. Um, which they played in like four, three or four years ago yeah. against Boston College. It started like late because of a storm. Was, <laughs> uh, well, first off, I do want to start out by thanking uh, the University of Central <clears throat> Florida. But I think not the Golden Knights. Yeah, I think I think of all those teams, they definitely have the best chance right now. Um, just watching, just off the eye, the, the eye, eye test. test as they yeah. call it. Uh, they look really good right now. They smack Tulane around. Uh, aside from some second quarter hiccups, uh, I mean they they pretty much dominated that game at Tulane. Uh, so and and you can say that yeah, Tulane has been uh, you know overranked or whatever. Um, but. Uh, Right now, it's uh, and and their game against the Bearcats too. I mean, they handled mm-hmm. the Bearcats. I, yeah, they I look like the strongest team in the American. Yeah. Right Tulane now. does have a win at Kansas State versus a pretty good Kansas State yeah. team. Also had a loss to S- Southern Miss. Yeah. So you know, it's not like they were lighting the world on fire. Uh, what their only win? Well, I guess even that was a fifteen-point win. So no wins in conference by you know more than two possessions. So it wasn't really like they were destroying anyone. Right. Um, they knocked off a high upside Kansas State team, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, yeah. They, they, yeah. they did, but I'm just saying, in, in conference, no, they yeah, looked yeah. super impressive. Does anybody play not, that, not playing that schedule? Easy, yeah. No, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's, a, yeah, that's the thing. That I think the one thing that I think we've definitely realized, maybe not the national, is – Playing a schedule like that, and it's almost like playing a Big Ten West schedule. Yeah, it's just... where it's just like there are a bunch of crap teams where it's like <laughs> it's tough to you know it's probably tough to get up and play in Greenville at noon. Yeah, at noon, <laughs> right? Two o'clock on NFL Network, I think, was one of the games. <laughs> you know, in uh, in Tulsa or Greenville or in one of these NFL stadiums that's ninety percent. Yeah, empty. Saying, like completely so, empty. You know, obviously tough there. Um, you know, I do think Cincinnati beats Tulane. I just, I haven't seen enough out of them offensively. I think UC's played good defense at times. It's kind of had to carry them at times. I think they play UCF, but I think it's going to be really tough to once again beat UCF in the bounce house. They, you know, had their opportunity early in the year, earlier right. in the year when they knocked out the quarterback but just couldn't get the stops when they needed them and ended up losing. So I, I'm guessing probably Fenway or Birmingham for, for the Cats. What about you, Zach? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to add to any of that. I agree, yeah. yeah the I Knights, d- I mean, I don't, yeah, there's nothing there that tells me. I don't know. It's weird, though. I mean, you can pick any three of them, right? I mean, it's 
AAC's not quite, but it's got a little maximum right. feel bad. Yeah, I mean, you never know. There are there are sometimes where there are some maximum weird events yeah. in the American, and you know, one of them could lose this week. And mm-hmm. we're talking about something in an entirely different scenario. Uh, Thanksgiving week, right? And championship week, but I, I, I would lean. Yeah, I'd agree. It looks like UCF. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's a tough task for the Bearcats to go down there. Tulane doesn't look as strong as I think people, people would have thought um, this late in the season. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting what happens over the. Uh, there's, there's really not a whole lot on the slate this weekend. Uh, Bitch week, yeah, as yeah, yeah. They call cupcake it in the week. SEC. Um, uh, guys, before we before we get to some more beer, my last question: Going off your uh, Fenway Bull, uh, obviously some bulls play that uh, Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium. Last week in college basketball, a game played at the Brewers Stadium, American Financial, and one played on an aircraft carrier. If you could put one sport at a weird location, <laughs> what kind of sport would you put? Would you put baseball on the moon? I don't know. It was. Whoa. I uh, would I, I would put uh, the Crosstown shootout somewhere. Like on a riverboat? Like a- Not on a riverboat. <laughs> Originally, I thought Fountain Square, which you could, definitely, be. you could definitely have the game there. I don't know how much crowd you'd have to like. Oh, no, you could streets. shut the streets down. Yeah. That'd be amazing. That'd be cool yeah. as hell. That, that, that would be cool. I might, that would be cool. Uh, I might. I might Call the city. Get that. Get this. that going. Yeah. Skyline. Skyline. Give Give me money for this basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the two that I would be most in, one uh, a game at like Rucker Park in New York, like maybe like a Knicks yeah, Nets ooh, game at cool. Rucker that'd Park. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Uh, the other one would be, uh, like they have the Winter Classic at some big. Just have like the winter classic, but like find like a lake that's completely frozen over, set up stands on oh, like wow. like like a lake Erie oh, or something yeah, like yeah. that hockey game that you just That'd have to walk sweet. out onto the ice. That'd be pretty sweet. Make it as real as possible. That it, would be that one last year that they did. I think it, I don't think it was the winter classic. I think it was one of the other outdoor ones mm-hmm. they did. The one at like, like the heritage like classic. Tahoe, yeah, yeah, they've had, where it had the heritage lake. classic. It wasn't on the lake, but the lake was the background. Uh, yeah, but like have it like somewhere completely out there. That's sweet. I don't know. You guys like taught me. I, I was thinking, like, I was leaning baseball. Like, it'd be cool to see in a cricket stadium if you had, like, that extensive, you know, they don't, obviously, it's a little different, yeah. but, like, that crazy dimension that they would have out there or even taking, like, the Field of Dreams game, but, like, doing it, like, on, like, a small island, like Key West or something. That would be, I'll have, like, a baseball Where you have to, like, like boat or some yeah. crazy yeah. thing out to it. And, again, small, it wouldn't be a huge crowd, obviously, but then you'd have, like, but even see-through those, wall where you can crazy. see the ocean. I was going to say, even That'd like you've seen it with uh, the the Field of Dream, even with a 7,000-seat stadium where there's, oh, yeah. you know, imagine hitting a home run. Every home run's a splash. That'd be yeah. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so l- let us know at 30 Rack of Sports, where would you want uh, a sports game to be held? Do you want, you know, a baseball game at Key West? Do you want the Crosstown shootout at Fountain Square? Or I mean, no. uh, do you want a hockey game in Lake Erie? The Frozen, the frozen Game. At First Energy up in Cleveland this February. Michigan, yeah. Ohio yeah, Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah, cool. So guys, not to be a sourpuss about this, but let's go back to a little bit more beer drinking. Deliciously magical. You won't need to search far for the pot of gold at the end of the this rainbow. 
Sip this sweet and tart ale that combines all that lush, fruity marshmallow flavor and bready cereal malts that a certain leprechaun wishes he could give you. Quite the, uh... Again, I wish I could do an Irish accent. That would have sounded way better. Or you start the morning off with a bowl of... Damn it, you should have with done a, it. What are we with doing? With a bowl of red ale. <laughs> uh, I will say, looking at... We usually do, as uh, Josh continues to drink out of a bowl, uh, we usually do our... Uh, can reviews. I yep. do like they have the uh, the like marshmallow shapes. They're really dangerously but, like touching that line of yeah. They are. But <laughs> the other thing I I will say the one thing I'm disappointed in is it does have the shapes and it does have the rainbow. But aside of like mm-hmm. the words, the rainbow, well, and they, a couple they, they shapes, flipped it instead of magically delicious. It's yeah, it's magic. it, but it's I mean it's a plain white can. I, do you think I, a lawyer stepped in and decided? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm guessing they probably had I'm a whole sure lot they of, <laughs> they, had a whole lot of they all speak reverse there. Form, yeah, form plat co beer. But uh, yeah, I would have liked to see more. I think this is a fun beer that you could have put more in the can. I don't little, mind. I, this wouldn't have stood out to you me. You guys no. know me. I like clean cans. I think it's clean. I get what you're saying. I think they could have done more. With, I think they could have ran the rainbow more all the way across and kept it white. That's what I mean. Ma- yeah. like, I wouldn't have. I would have seen a little bit of the yellow and been like a uh, boring beer. Like yeah. the next one. Well, I, I think you're missing platforms thing is like the, the line with the stripes. And so the rainbow is like coming. Yeah. The line with okay. the stripes, but coming down. Fair I don't enough. Know. Yeah. I don't know. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm trying. I, I work. Josh, in, I mean, you're, you're, work in beer marketing. Again, I'm yeah, trying they, to defend they, other people's ideas. Yeah, they do have a pretty simplistic can design. Usually, they just have like yeah. their uh, three stripes for uh, you know most of their most of their beers. South Pole Elf is mostly just a couple beers. Really, the only ones that have more design is their Martian platform, which has all mm-hmm. the lines with their Martian on the front of it. But they really stick to the white. You don't yeah. see a whole lot of people doing like plain white. I mean, this can especially, I think, is the most like plain, plain background can yeah. we've ever and had, I mean, really. Yeah, you look at like their 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 standard, their Haze Jude. That's just. Yeah, I, I got a good uh, our old friend BA. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was reading okay. a pretty solid. Uh, the only review on here is shockingly the only review on Beer Advocate for this. Yeah, I, I love. Oh some. man, it's I, so it's an exclusive. It's an exclusive. Uh, from Danziver, uh, picked up a 16-ounce four-pack of cans from local gas station at the steep price of $15. Pours deep, milky red, slight head that quickly dissolves. Very unusual appearance. Uh, smells <laughs> like cereal. Tastes is sour raspberry on the nose, and the aftertaste is sort of like Lucky Charms, marshmallows, and frosted cereal. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Something about this stuff is very drinkable. Chuggable, even. Good shit, man. Good shit. <laughs> I feel like that was a bit of a roller coaster of a review. Like there were a couple of things that he mentioned in there where I was like, "This is a two star review or something." No, they gave it four and a half out of five. That, that's what I mean. <laughs> it, it's like it's weirdly like slightly I just gas like the- station Miller light guy and like also slightly like uh, high class beer drink. It's like yeah, yeah, I picked it up. How is this in fifteen and bucks? That. And it's like, well, it pours this certain way, <laughs> and you know, it's got this on the nose. Very chuggable. I like the chuggable yeah. line and the good shit, man. Good shit. <laughs> so, Classy. if there's two, if there's three words we could use to describe this beer from Platform, deliciously magical, good shit, man.
So midweek basketball. Guys, next week is feast week. And uh, most of the fans of basketball in Ohio will be feasting on some, I don't, what, what is the national, what is the state dish of Hawaii? It's smoked ham, I don't know, uh, ahi tuna. Uh, uh, are you sure it's not uh, spam? Spam, there you go. National dish of Hawaii, spam. They love spam. I don't uh, think that's right. They love spam. They man. love spam. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> Get up on your kind Hawaiian of facts. As we go out to Maui for the Maui Invitational, uh, the 21st to the 23rd, so... Uh, Monday through Wednesday, just before Thanksgiving. Uh, eight teams. Uh, all teams will get to play three games, either consolation or try to win the championship. Uh, so the games are Texas Tech, Creighton, Louisville, Arkansas. And then in the uh, late night round, you get Ohio State, San Diego State, and Cincinnati, Arizona. Uh, so... Ohio State comes back to this tournament, uh, I believe, first time since uh, the early 2010s. Their best finish was in 1993, uh, where they beat Boston College in the third place game. Uh, UC's best finish was actually their last time in Maui, 2009. Uh, beat Vandy in Maryland before losing to Gonzaga in uh, overtime of the championship game. Uh, big games by uh, one Yancey Gates Yancey. and... Uh, Lance Stevenson. Whoa. Big fellas. Big fellas. <laughs> Juggle into the paint. <laughs> so uh, these teams, uh, hopefully you got your coffee ready. Uh, if Rafferty's not on the call, I'm going to be pissed. No, you'll probably get some, uh, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Joe Buck and Troy Aikman? No. <laughs> Bill. Uh, oh, yeah. You'll probably Conference get. Champions. Uh, yeah, you'll probably get some Bill, uh, some, some Bill, uh, some Bill Walton. Bill Walton. Oh. Wow. Some some yeah, some Bill Walton out there. <laughs> Talk about uh, space and different shit. Ohio like State, San Diego State at nine PM and then uh scheduled for eleven thirty, but probably, you know, so many minutes after the first game. Uh Cincinnati, Arizona right now scheduled for eleven thirty, probably more like eleven forty five yeah. or midnight. Um So we're going so, to so we're going to champions after we record next week. Oh heck to, yeah. Uh, to to watch some there you go. Uh, Watch some Maui. The teams would uh, act- would play each other in the second round. Uh, if they both have the same result, both win. They would play each other uh, later on Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. about 10.30. If they both lose, it would be a 5 o'clock game mm. on Tuesday. So, uh, guys, getting into the first game, Ohio State, San Diego State. Uh, the Buckeyes, uh, 2-0 with one game to play before Maui. Uh, have not exactly played a murderer's row. Won't exactly have a murderer's row. No. Uh, with their Ken Palm rankings, beat number three out of 363 teams. Uh, beat number 308, Robert Morris, uh, by almost 40. Uh, beat Charleston Southern, 325, 82-56. And then play number 354 out of 363 teams. Eastern Illinois Wednesday. Uh, do have a very balanced attack, uh, suing Sensabaugh and Zed Key, uh, all averaging between 15 and 16 points through the two games, uh, shooting pretty well, uh, you know, f- over 50% field goal, 40% three-pointers. Uh, defense is, uh, you know, top 30 in points allowed and field goal percentage allowed. Uh, they're facing a team that's 
hasn't looked quite as impressive, but also is playing a little bit tougher competition, playing a San Diego State team currently ranked number 17 in the polls. Uh, they're 2-0, also with a game, with one game as we record tonight before Maui, uh, beat a Cal State Fullerton team 187, 80-57, to beat a BYU team who's ranked in the top 60, down by 10 early in the second half, beat them 82-75, and then they will play Stanford tonight. Uh, they have guard Darren Trammell, uh, 17 and averaged uh, 17 and 20 his last two seasons at Seattle, averaging uh, almost 20 points, 7 of 10 three-pointers this year. And then Jaden DeLee, who was at Ohio State actually for a yeah, year. Yeah, he was. Uh, TCU for two years now, San Diego State. Uh, averaging 17 and five. So Buckeyes have their work cut out for them. Uh, Zach expectations for this team. Obviously, like we said uh, in our last episode, a lot of new faces, uh, not, a, yeah. this will be their first huge jump in com- competition. Yeah. Uh, what are your hopes for Ohio state? I guess one in this game and in this tourney, mm-hmm. Uh, per bet online, Ohio State has the third worst odds yep. to win the Maui Invitational. Uh, Cincinnati actually is the worst at twenty to one. Louisville sixteen to one. Ohio State ten to one. Uh, oh State, yeah, six to one. Oh, Zona yeah. Creighton seven to two. Arkansas yeah. favorite. Oh yeah. Um, you know it's early. Like you said, a lot of new faces. You know with transfers. Obviously, the recruiting class freshmen—they're playing a lot of freshmen, playing a lot of minutes. They're expected to play a lot of minutes. Um, you know, against San Diego State, I think you know, and throughout the tournament, you know, depending on what they play, you just keeping it competitive. Maybe even getting knocked around a little bit. I think that's you know, you need to see their toughness. You need to see where they, how they respond. Like you said, they haven't played anybody. They won't have played anybody coming into this uh, talent-wise. You know, right now they're just, um, I mean, they look good, but you're not you're essentially just so much more talented, quicker, fast, more athletic. So I think, you know, sometimes in early in the year, um, especially in college basketball, like, yeah, it'd be nice to get a nice resume win. Like, don't get me wrong. I would love, you know, a nice San Diego state win. I would take that. And if they lose every other game, it's a nice resume win. Um, thing to think about, but I, you know, I, I would like to see them just keep it competitive be in every game, um, you know, see some growth. And like, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, when you're developing a lot of these guys early in the year, because the Big Ten is going to be physical as it always is, um, you know, just seeing guys kind of how they respond to the physicality. Yeah, I think uh, you know, right now, uh, as we're recording, I believe, every, you know, though it's only two or three games of the season, every team in the Maui uh, bracket is undefeated except for Louisville, who is zero and two. They lost to Bellarmine and some other crappy team. Oh. <laughs> Bellerman and Wright State. Uh, so, you know, Raiders. really. Oh, yeah, doing the Raiders the dirty. Raiders. Uh, so, you yeah, know, any, right. some other crappy. Uh, so, uh, you know, pretty much any win that you get is going to be a, a useful win as it comes to March. Right. You expect Ohio State to be there, you know, it, it, at least in the mix, probably in the tournament. So, you know, win against. San Diego State would be big, uh, you know. Either Cincinnati, Arizona would be big, and then you know you might have a chance, yeah, one way or another in, in one of the other games. I think if you can get a win, once you like you said, get some momentum. You have some tough games coming up. 
don't really know once again what this Duke team is that you yeah. play coming right off of Maui. But if you can give yourself some momentum, even if you do go one and two, you have plenty of huge resume builders. Me both before conference play and yeah. conference I mean, play. This isn't college football, right? So I mean college basketball, right? You have the tiers, you yeah. you have good losses. That's the yeah. only spot and, I mean. So again, if you keep some of these games competitive, getting a, getting a win over a ranked team like San Diego mm-hmm. State could be the difference, you know, when you're looking at the end of the year. College basketball is very much, you know, numbers and spreadsheet mm-hmm. based where you go, hey, they have what is called a quad one win, which quad is, one, you know, two, so many, three, four. Yeah. I think it's top 40, you know, neutral. Hey, you have a quad one win over San Diego State. That could be the difference between, you know, not even making the tournament, not making a tournament, mm-hmm. but being a seven seed versus an eight seed, which right. gives you a chance to not have to play a top seed, you know, get in or a a five seed versus six seed or something, exactly. you know, it has a chance to bump you up a seed line. So even though it's early in the season, getting a good win can help you. And I think not just the experience going forward, but the chance to move yourself forward. And once again, you have a San Diego state team that looks shaky at the beginning of the year, has a lot of transfers as well. Right. You know, they do have the advantage of, not having to travel, you know, like five time zones, only a couple time zones, but <laughs> yeah, you still have that opportunity there, right, Josh? Yeah, I, I think I think it's a good measure of exactly what both of you touched on. You don't want to get carried away and, and try and try and go ham in this tournament. I think San Diego State, as you both mentioned, is a good opportunity to try mm-hmm. and capitalize on a on a team uh, ranked seventeenth going into the tournament as it stands now. Um, but after that, you know, you, you don't want to you don't want to push your guys too too hard. A, a lot of these guys, young, younger, this will be one of their you know first collegiate midseason tournaments, yep. uh, especially one uh, with a group of this stature. Uh, and yeah, like you guys said, you got Duke, uh, you got a conference game thrown in there with with Rutgers, uh, and then you've got North Carolina also uh, two or three weeks from now. So you're in a month span where you're going to see some really, really difficult basketball games. I think it's important to balance out that, you know, mm-hmm. get your quality, you know, resume builders, but also also measure. Holtman's, measure yeah, Holtman's going to have to really measure things yeah. day by day because this stretch, if, if you push too hard, like, and things don't go well yeah. for this month, that that's, you don't want to be coming into January with, negative momentum yeah jumping off your point real quick yeah i mean holtman since he's been at ohio state they've always started fast i mean they've they've had some big wins early in the year against some top and yeah. they they fade they duke last yeah. year you know a couple years ago i think they were like 11 or 12 and 0 to start the season yeah. i think they finished you know pretty mediocrely finishes like a six seed or something yeah. i mean they, they, well, they tend to fade and it's hard no, so you have that, the two seed year against oral roberts where they kind of oh uh, yeah you that have was, that big yeah. 10 basketball schedule and you know you never know even from like the mid-level teams there who's going to jump up and go on yeah. a run where they get ranked and everything mm-hmm. and you could be the victim to that and they do have that one like kind of trap weird early conference game with, in there, Rutgers, with Rutgers in there, yeah. um, right before facing uh, again, as we record right now, number one, North Carolina. So right. it's, it's just, I think it's interesting going off both of the points you mentioned while they're both important, kind of got to find the balance between the two mm-hmm. in this important month. Uh, so before we move on to uh, the Cincinnati team, uh, Josh, what do you think is the, 
the biggest thing Ohio State needs to do in order to be successful, firstly against San Diego State, but also against, uh, you know, just any team in the three games that they play in Maui. It's interesting because I do think you bring you both brought up the great point where they do have a great resume builder opportunity in their first game against San Diego State with them being ranked right now. But then, you know, if, if Cincinnati comes in, it, they get the same result as Ohio State, yep. you kind of throw in that weird rivalry element to it. And, That'd be fun, yeah. And, and how are the teams going to kind of react in that situation? So it's weird for me to put a record on it, but I, I would really like to see them come out and get the win against San Diego State. Uh, yeah. uh, I think that's I think that is a good goal for this early in the season with a team that young. Yeah, I, I think the the two things, and I, I don't think anything that I'm saying is groundbreaking, but but one, make sure you can get scoring from different places. I think they've mm-hmm. done a great job. Once again, they don't have one guy that you know is averaging 25, and everybody else is averaging right. seven. You got three guys that are basically averaging 15, you know, 16 points. Uh, you know, if you can get suing and Zed key, you know, even if sensible or, you know, any of these guys, Tanner Holden obviously is, is a transfer that, that can put some useful minutes together, but level out the scoring that way. If someone's having a bad night, you're not completely screwed. Exactly. Yeah. The other one is, you know, play good defense. And I know that's, it's a very overarching thing, but this San Diego state team also is, is trying to find some continuity. And, you know, in the one game, they were in a lot of trouble against BYU. They were down 10, you know, five minutes into the second half. It was 52, 42. They put up 40 points in the last 15 minutes. So right. it's one of those things where a team like that, they have some shooters, you know, they have, uh, you know, a guy who can, Put the ball, you know, they have a couple guys that can put the ball in the basket yep. and can get some points real quick. Obviously, Ohio State has some scores too, but if you can keep people scoring at a decent rate, keep San Diego State from getting some quick, easy buckets, you know, this could be a 70 to 60 mm-hmm. win, which I think is right where Ohio State wants to be. For sure. What about you, Zach? Um, yeah, I think you guys touched on all those. Um, you know, again, specific players. I mean, obviously, I think for them, it's it's got to be Zed Key, Jess Suing coming back as well. Um, the two vets, the guys who've been around the program. You know, they got to kind of lead the way. They're both more big men. You know, Zed Key's a little bit smaller side as far as height. Um, <clears throat> you know, but what we've seen thus far, kind of early, not a lot, but seen him develop a little bit of a three point shot, which has been nice. Adds a little dimension to his game. Um, he's generally been a solid offensive contributor, but I, yeah, we need to see him give good minutes both defensively offensively get you know there's been some ups and downs rebounding i think especially compared to the uh you know the teams they face so i i think that's going to be a key they, they got to attack the board like you said a team like san diego state can score in a hurry um with a lot of different weapons gotta come down with the rebounds yeah they've been getting up a lot of offensive rebounds so i think that's going to be you know a key there well, going from uh, the Ohio State, San Diego State to the the late, like we said, the very late nightcap could start probably as late as midnight. So hopefully uh, you either have Tuesday off or you have some, some coffee ready to go. Uh, Cincinnati versus Arizona. Uh, the Bearcats, 
three and zero with one game to go before Maui. Uh, played started off the season with a thirty three point win against Division two Shamanad, then beat uh, two seventy three in Ken Palm Cleveland State, two fifty nine Eastern Kentucky. Then they have an an interesting, but you know probably good to try to get some some focus together, be in a hostile environment, go to just across the river to Northern Kentucky as part of that. Uh, we let us, they, uh, Northern Kentucky let Cincinnati play in their gym back in, I think it was 2017, the 2017-18 season. I graduated there. Supposed to come. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah, I graduated from UC at NKU. That's Yikes. a bummer. So, uh, <laughs> supposed to play in 2020. That got canceled, obviously. Now moved to now. NKU, uh, 180 in Ken Palm. Norse up. Uh, the Bearcats. I don't believe Josh actually went to UC. Now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Uh, I I don't remember receiving. I think uh, I don't know. Uh, the Bearcats, led by uh, you know some returners, uh, David DeJulius, uh, AAC Player of the Week, uh, over 21 points a game, seven of ten from three so far. Davenport has been very up and down, 13 points, but just seven of 21 from three. And then the big transfer, Landers Nolly, from uh, originally from Virginia Tech to Memphis. Uh, only three of 13 from three. Uh, 16 points, though, has been definitely a welcome add. But uh, him and Davenport have been up and down, as as UC has seen in some of their games, where they get out to a big lead and then kind of let the team um, yeah. kind of eke back in. Uh, you know, only shooting 31% from three. But, uh, you know, doing pretty good. Uh as far as number of fouls, they only give up. They only take about twelve fouls per game, which is near the bottom as far as like yeah. least number of fouls. Uh, also, uh, three hundred plus in turnovers, only ten per game. So, uh, you know, only about the the team that turns over the ball least per game is at seven. So they're pretty close there. They play an Arizona team, also with one game to go before Maui. They beat a Nickel State team two forty seven, a Southern team two fifty seven. And then a team just recently changed their name, Utah Tech, formerly Dixie State. Ah. Uh, 263 oh. played them Thursday. Um, they have uh, a couple guys, you know, obviously lost a lot to the draft. Uh, number two overall seed, Benedict Matherin, currently playing really well in Indiana for kind of a mediocre Pacer team. Uh, Tabellus, 20 points per game. Seven and a half rebounds, three assists. They have their center Ballo, who is fifteen for twenty-two in free throws. Has taken twenty-two free throws in two games. Uh, Arizona as a team is third in points per game. Only once again, small sample size, but over a hundred points per game, and then averages uh, forty-four free throws per game, which is five and a half more, or sorry, six and a half more than any other team in the league. Any other team in college basketball. Right. Once again, very small sample size, but they're a team that can put it in the bucket and has a lot of big guys that can cause some issues. And once again, they were a team that was, you know, very highly rated last year, lost some players, but but still has some guys that can get it done. Some some uh they're two big forwards, Tubelis and Ballo, once again averaging almost forty points between the two of them. Yeah, that's what concerns me, Greg, about this matchup is that one, the things you pointed out and what we've seen so far from the Cincinnati Bearcats on uh, 
is that that streakiness that you saw last year. You know, you'd have you'd have a lot of moments where you know this team is that kind of high-powered, high-flying offense, high-paced kind of thing that you're kind of expecting to see mm-hmm. um, out of that roster, and then the next then they'll they'll go another six minutes with with two points. Uh, the defense, though, I, and but the other thing is they have been more efficient this year overall so far, and I think the defense uh, is improving. Uh, they're number fifty-three in uh, Ken Palm defense, um, but but what worries me the most is that they still can't get to the line, and when they do get to the line, they're they're not they're not spectacular at the line. And yep. when you have an Arizona team that takes as many free throws as Greg pointed out, even if you do keep it a close game, because Arizona has not seen very many um stellar defenses we'll they, say. I mean they played a Nicholas State team who is decent the, in this who was decent in the Southland, but they haven't I mean yeah, that was they the best played team. a yeah uh, a bottom third of all of college basketball yeah. team all three of their games. So they'll certainly be in a I mean like pretty much everyone that we've discussed sans San Diego State that has pretty much just played you know, three to four tune-up games. Yeah, and and so say you do keep it close with your defense, and you and you have an efficient night on offense. You don't turn the ball over a lot. You have a good night shooting, or at least enough enough streaks of good shooting where you keep it close and everything. I just worry a lot about you know a game like that against a big a a big size team mm-hmm. like Arizona, where they're just gonna they're just gonna win it at the line in in a close game like that. And I think that's really been the Bearcats as, as in terms of close games, I'll say um, that's been their ultimate weakness, I think in the past year or so. Yeah. And you look at them, you know, especially this year, they, they don't have that big man presence that they've had in previous years. Uh, you know, even in the, I think it was the Eastern Kentucky game. They had a couple guys get in foul trouble and really all they have is, you know, uh, Victor Lockin, Odia Guama, and Ezek Pay, and you know, if two of the, two of the three of those guys get in some foul trouble, which can happen pretty quick, you know, yeah. once again, like five thousand college, you, you can be very thin at that center position. You know, uh, their their one freshman center, Sage Tolentino, probably going to redshirt, so you really only have your your three big man options, and even Ezek Pay is is not a huge guy, you know probably more of a four Lockins kind of a four or five guy. You really only have one true center in Oguama. So facing some, some bigger teams that rely a lot on their centers is going to be difficult for the Bearcats. And that's what I worry about the tournament overall is that you have, you just have some bad, some bad matchups, I think um, yeah. in terms of the style that the Bearcats are playing right now, their experience, where they are with their identity under Wes Miller still, uh, this early in the season, they're still trying to find it. Yeah, which yeah, is this is a great opportunity, though. For yeah, them. I think similar to high school in a far different way, in a right. far different way from when we talked about them finding it last season. Well, that was you yeah, know, was and, and I think and I think situation. they have like I guess the difference is the roster and the talent. It's still is is much on a on a much higher scale here. Right, but against some of these teams like Arizona. Um, if you were to get San Diego State, you know you're going to need a guy like 
Victor Locke, and I remember watching him last year. I mean, I think there's been some, right? I mean, would you guys say he's, take, he's, he's taking, taking a, a step, step right? That's year. what I mean. You're yeah. going to need a guy like him to kind of really, because um, I thought watching him last year at times, it seemed like, why is he on the floor <laughs> for stretches of time? You know, he well, just there, seemed there very... were times where he looked like the best big that you see yeah, had to but offer. Then the other... And then there were times where it looked like this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. It, he's, I mean, I remember. Consistency. I went to uh, the Miami game mm. with with one of our friends, and he could not. I mean, he had four thousand. Yeah, five minutes. Well, we Josh and I. Well, yeah. I remember that game. He looked. Was that SMU or? No, I believe though. Yeah, I think that was yeah. SMU. But that was oh, like yeah. he looked bad. Yeah, night. we went yeah, to the yeah. we went to the my we went to Oxford for the Miami Ohio game, and once again he yeah. you know he I think he played ten minutes and fouled out, but. Five of those were with four fouls. You right. know what I mean? So size and efficiency here is though where you where you have your it, this early in the season size and efficiency, and I just don't think the Bearcats have. While their efficiency has improved, yeah, and I think I think that and their defense is going to be their key to getting them through the tournament. I just don't think they have the size to compete with some of the rest of them. Honestly, uh, I like Creighton. Uh, I think Cre- Creighton Creighton is extremely efficient on both sides of the ball so far, uh, and that is a kind of staple of theirs is clean cleanliness and efficiency. And I think if they can play kind of that that game, uh, top thirty and Ken Palm in both offensive and defensive, that's kind of what you look for when you get to March Madness. Is who's yep. kind of up there in both of those right now? They're the more complete team that I like. Who do you guys? Who do you guys like right now for the uh, James uh, Maui? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to say Cincinnati. Uh, really, for Cincinnati, I, I think I'm, I'm just hoping they they get at least a win out of it. You know, obviously, yeah. right? I think right now, based on once again super early projections, but the first time we've seen him in some years, in I think the next four out of Joe Lenardi's yeah. bracket, which is like a big jump considering a lot oh, of the yeah. Brandon years. Uh, I think Arkansas just has too much talent. They have they have a couple of big freshmen that you know are probably in the conversation for uh, for freshman of the year. Um, you know, so you look at a lot of those guys. Uh, what is it? I think it's Nick Smith Jr. is one of those guys that's been on a lot of those. Uh, you know, early preseason. Um, you know, mm-hmm. All American for freshman. So I think they just have, they have all the talent in the world. Uh, Creighton has struggled at times. Uh, once again, San Diego state has struggled at times. Arc, uh, I mean, Arizona, I think also has everything that, you know, in front of them, I would probably say, uh, you get an Arkansas, Arizona final and I would take Arkansas. I'm gonna ride with the Ville. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, Oof. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree with gray. Yeah, I mean, I think, you gotta go Arkansas. I think that's you know Final Four candidate. So, all right. Well, before we leave this, uh, you know, and and get excited for for Maui uh, to to wrap up this segment. Uh, you know, how far do you how do you think both Ohio State and Cincinnati do, and and what would be a successful trip for them, Josh? Um, 
I think they each win at least one game. I, I can definitely see Ohio. Ohio State's got a much better matchup, and I think a much better chance to beat San Diego State than Cincinnati does Arizona. Um, but I think Cincinnati can find one along the way. I really, you know, for for both of them, with as young as players, especially Ohio State, having a lot of younger guys, the Bearcats being where they are in the program, you can really kind of get trapped in something like this where you have the teams that you do in this field mm-hmm. and kind of just don't go, just, just don't go, uh, just Ofer. don't go over. Yeah. Donut. Yeah. I think, I think really neither of these teams can go over. Cause I think it just, it takes you back so much. Yeah. Obviously with Ohio state, it puts you in a tough frame of mind against the, you know, a Duke team. And then, you know, you're what three and four or something. Yeah. And for a Cincinnati team, you know, their last year in the AAC, every loss counts so well, much. let's not forget, we talked about what Ohio State has coming out. Bearcats are going to have Crosstown Shootout that they're hosting at uh, on campus in uh, Clifton. Yeah. Right yeah. out of this and, as well. And, you know, they have what some people are calling the best team in the nation in Houston in their conference. Yep. So they have some stuff ahead. You know, they really at least need a win to, to break the ship. I think, you know, Cincinnati... In past tournaments, you know, they got the win over uh, Illinois and Kofi Coburn last year. So I think they have the ability to get a win. Uh, you know, hopefully they don't have to wait all the way until Louisville, you, you Louisville. know, in the last game. But uh, I think both them and Ohio State at least get one win. Uh, hopefully maybe two. Maybe maybe they at least both get a win and get to face each other in, in the winner's bracket. But uh, I wouldn't put money on it. I think if both teams can at least get one win, I think it's successful. And I think that's probably exactly. what you'll see. Yeah. yeah, I think they're both, like I said, they're, they're sim- somewhat similar path. I mean, they're still figuring things out. I, I don't think you should go in expecting too much. Like, yeah, I think you take a win, competitive in the other games, yeah. though, for sure. Um, and I think you're feeling good and there's a lot of film and some good experience against some top flight, yeah. top flight teams that you can build off of. Oh no! Looks like Louisville might have just lost to Appalachian State. Oh! So, uh, Louisville right now is zero and three. Do you know what their combined point differential is through three games? What? Just take a guess. Mine. I'm gonna say minus thirty. Minus 40? Minus 3. Oh. Jeez. 67-66 against Bellarmine. 73-72 against Wright State. (laughs) 61-60. Gosh. That's going to be quite the the rebuild job there. Those kids kids can't close the door. Losing (laughs) out on uh, DJ Wagner, the number one recruit. And uh, now... I mean, they got themselves in a 13-point hole against Appalachian State. So that's their last game before they head to Maui. It could be a long season. That sounds uh, like it. In Louisville. So hoping for the best, hoping for some Buckeye and Bearcat success in Maui. Hopefully we're not staying up late for nothing, guys. All right, we're going to end our show, as we always do, with our cheers. Uh, of course, want to give our first cheer to uh, Platform Brewing and their deliciously magical uh, beer. Uh, also, shout out to Josh for drinking it 
out of eating it, drink, drinking it, e- eating it at, out of I a had bowl. it as you would a cereal because it is a cereal and Indulging it uh, out of a bowl, out of a receptacle that get, is a bowl. I wanted to get the full experience. Well, thank out. goodness. We all got the full experience, and we're, we're Zach and I might be scarred now. Um, uh, I hope you are. <laughs> but I also want to give a shout-out to all the listeners of 30 Rack Sports. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for 98 episodes while we'll something special planned. Just a couple weeks here. Uh, be on the lookout. We'll have uh, with Thanksgiving week, maybe a different day drop. We're still trying to figure it out. But we'll, if you wanna, if you wanna have a nice uh, listen while you're eating some turkey on Thanksgiving, we'll have you covered here on Thirty Rack Sports. Uh, to our personal shoutouts, as we always do, uh, Zach on this fine Tuesday. Who are you shouting out? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna shout out Cameron Babb. Probably missed a little bit this weekend in college football news. Uh, redshirt senior for Ohio State, former four-star recruit. Um, been a two-year team captain, but has barely at all contributed in his four years due to four, count them, four ACL injuries as he had to come back from, caught his first career pass, and it was a touchdown last Saturday. Um, so obviously a guy who's been big to the program, and though he hasn't contributed, wildly talented though as well. Um, so, you know, shout out to him. Just, I mean, five years of constantly rehabbing. Two in each leg or what? Uh, I, I don't know the brain. I think it might have been three and one or oh, something like God, that. Oh, um, God, that is miserable. Because, like, AC, yeah. like... I know a lot of people see, you know, Adrian Peterson come back in like six months. Yeah, Dude, yeah. that's a year worth of right out of yeah. He was rehabbing right miserable. out of high school too. Yeah, so um, I mean, he I think he appeared in a few games a couple of years ago and then tore tore one again. So um, mm. that's just really cool. So you know, he if you see the video, look, check it out. It's just really cool to see everybody. I mean, he like broke down. Obviously, like it's really cool. So um, and obviously a guy that they really think could contribute to the rest of this year. So. Well, hopefully, I mean, obviously contributing in the locker room, but hopefully on the field too. Um, my shout-out, also a guy contributing both on and off, well, I guess on and off the court, not quite on and off the field. Um, David DeJulius, uh, recently named AAC Player of the Year. Uh, I know this was announced a little while ago, but uh, uh, Anscape, which I guess is part of ESPN, uh, did an article on David DeJulius. Um so he is donating all of his NIL money from Jersey sales, you know, players getting money from Jersey sales through the university now, uh, has decided and a very introspective man, you know, uh, went to Michigan as a highly touted recruit, kind of fell out of favor there, transferred to Cincinnati under Brandon, was one of the few guys that was going to transfer out under Brandon, stayed with the program under Wes Miller, has been, you know, one of the huge leaders under some times of turbulence. But uh, for his... NIL money, not taking a cent of it, donating all of it uh, for uh, to promote literacy and you know buying books for uh, two schools: one, uh, Cincy College Prep Academy in Cincinnati, and one for his hometown, uh, Munger Elementary slash Middle School in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, so cool. helping to you know fund a lot of these places where you know they have to fund not just education, but also meals mm-hmm. for these kids, uh, getting them books, getting them literacy. And he said, you know, the one thing that I wish I could have done as a kid more was have the opportunity to read. So, uh, you know, uh, what 22 year old kid giving back is, is huge, you know, and also very mature of him, but also just 
a really cool thing that you can, you know, you can see, you know, NIL has been kind of a weird <laughs> right. situation where you have some people funneling money, some kids making a bunch of money, a lot of people happy, upset, but no one can really fault the kid for doing something good with the money like that. Not so this all. is, you know, this is obviously different situations for different kids, but but great to see from Julius. What about you, Josh? Who are you shouting out? Yeah, that's 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 good. That's that's a nice, cool thing to do. Mine is a a, a place somewhere where you normally wouldn't think we would go. Either of us would go, but mine's actually somewhat barstool related. Uh, two years ago during the pandemic, some of you that uh, are sports video game people might remember some of the barstool platforms started playing like EA college football, EA, you know, Madden or what, ha- what have you. There were a lot of different spinoffs on it, but famously big cat, uh, Dan Katz took a college to a virtual national championship from the glass bowl, uh, from the glass bowl in Toledo, Ohio. So this is Ohio, this is Ohio related, bringing it back. But today, uh, Big Cat was awarded the key to the city from the mayor of Toledo for taking the Toledo Rockets to a virtual national championship during the COVID tour, whatever they call it. And getting, uh, you know, a city some publicity during a, a very tough time. And the key is glass. Oh, so baller. And the key is behind glass. So there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of glass, a lot of glass eaters, a lot of good, good, good stuff. Not as not as fulfilling as the David DeJulius thing. But, but hey, shout out to Toledo. We want to thank you for listening <laughs> to 30 Rocky Sports. Good, bad, or Josh issues otherwise. Thank you so much. We'll be back once again next week. Be on the lookout for a drop. Could be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Could be Thursday. Could be Thursday early in the a.m. Gobble, gobble. Check Twitter while you can. Yeah, check Twitter <laughs> before it goes down the tube. For Zach, on the opinions, good, bad, or otherwise. See ya. For Josh, on the ones and twos. Goodbye. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports. Please, Bearcats, don't, don't make me sad. <laughs>